Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Yippee-ki-yay, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Welcome, everyone, to another fun, interesting, intriguing, maniacal, that's for you, Megs, Real Film Nerds Podcast. With me as always, oh, no, I, I, I need to introduce myself. I need to get into this. I am your host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw, photographer extraordinaire, or at least I've been told that, so uh, I can claim that. But with me as always, it's my drunken scuba diving buddy, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. How's it going? So, Mike, this week we saw Die Hard, the original... Wait, no, we didn't. What movie did we see this week, Mike? Uh, no, we didn't see Die Hard, Matt. It's Skyscraper, although it has been compared to Die Hard quite a bit lately. So, a cheap Die Hard knockoff, right? Well, I don't know if it was cheap, but uh, yeah, a Die Hard knockoff. Okay, an expensive Die Hard knockoff. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson probably costs more just himself than than Die Hard the original cost to make. Well, there you dude, that that would be an interesting tidbit of trivia for sure. But I mean, there's inflation and things, so it's not quite a straight conversion. The estimated budget for our movie today is at 125 million. Wow. And what is that movie, Michael? Well, we already talked about it a little bit. It's Skyscraper. Yep, starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as uh, Will Sawyer, Nev Campbell as Sarah Sawyer, Pablo Schreiber as Ben, uh, Noah Tyler as Mr. Pierce, and then this was directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber. Uh, the synopsis of this movie is the FBI hostage rescue team leader and U.S. war veteran Will Sorrow- Sawyer now assesses security for skyscrapers. On assessment in Hong Kong, he finds the tallest, safest building in the world suddenly ablaze and has been framed for it. A wanted man on the run, Will must find those responsible, clear his name, and somehow rescue his family who are trapped inside the building, above the fire line. Well, quite the synopsis, quite the storyline there, Michael. So what did you think of the Die Hard remake known as Skyscraper? I I don't know. I didn't. So, so Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I I like him. I like him as an actor. He's very charismatic, and he he can carry the role. He's a good actor. I just I feel like he's making too many things, and he's just kind of collecting paychecks. Um, this is Rampage was in April, and did terrible. Uh but I think I'd like that better than this one. Oh, dude, I agree. I think Rampage was a hell of a lot better than this. Even without my bias of being a lover of the video game, I just thought Rampage was definitely a more interesting, unique story than this. And hell, it was a monster movie. Who the hell doesn't love a monster movie? Yeah, and then uh, we had Jumanji uh, right around uh, December, Chris- Christmas time. and Fantastic. Uh, that, that was actually really good. So it's like, man, he's just cranking him out. I think he's going to be in the new Fast and the Furious movie. He's he's got 
He's got more projects than I don't, I don't even know how he keeps up with his schedule. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Josh Brolin are just on fire this year, man. Like the past year, those two have just been getting the roles left and right, left and right. Now, I like I like Josh Brolin a lot. I think he's a very good actor. Um, I don't think he's so much of a superstar action hero like The Rock is. And I think that's kind of the niche that The Rock is slowly, maybe not slowly, but quickly either being thrust upon him or that he's building on his own. Because that's clearly what he does now. I mean, even though, you know, Jumanji was more of a kid's fun video game-ish kind of movie, it still was an action movie. And then you have this, and this was a hardcore action movie, and Rampage, hardcore action movie. So he's turning out to be almost like our Sly Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger of this generation, which I don't think is a bad thing. And, you know, Sly Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger made their fair share of hot mess garbage action movies, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. I I definitely was going to bring up a very similar thing. Yeah, I I think this is the predominant male action star. Uh, originally, I think it was kind of a, a you know up between Vin Diesel and and Dwayne Johnson, but uh, I really think Dwayne Johnson has taken it, and and Vin Diesel's been you know all right in a few movies, but I just think. I think Dwayne Johnson's just more charismatic. I don't know. He just, I think he's just a better actor. I agree. I, I think Vin Diesel was on a really good role back when he landed the role on Triple X, the original Triple X with Rammstein, one of my favorite bands in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I was think, uh, 2000, I think, that came out. Yeah, it was something like that. I don't remember. I remember seeing it with you, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was like 2000. Uh, yeah, and we were like... To the internet. And we were like, oh man, is that Rammstein? Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> but anyways, I think Vin Diesel started out strong with Triple X, and then he just fell off. Like, the he did Triple X and like the first Fast and the Furious, and then like the second one, and then I, at least for me, he just kind of fell off the face of the planet. I mean, he's done some stuff, like he keeps doing the Fast and the Furious ones, but you can't really, I at least I can't really think of anything else he's done in, say, the past two or three years other than that. Well, At least I not mean, off the he, top of my head. He did uh, Pitch Black. Uh, well, that's true, but... And that but was the, awesome. But that was still like early 2000s. Yeah, and uh, well, Triple X, I, I, I just looked it up on the internet. Uh, excuse me, it was... Uh, 2002, not 2000. I I just feel that maybe The Rock put more time into his acting or I don't know. He just he has excelled past Vin Diesel when I think Vin Diesel would have been this generation's action star or at least he started out that way. Yeah, I I think uh all the time that uh Dwayne The Rock Johnson with his uh do you smell what The Rock is cooking and all the stuff when he did the wrestling I think that really helped hone his acting abilities and and give him facial expressions and all this stuff. And then I believe his father is was also a wrestler, so like he's kind of grown up in this uh, family where you know he was acting and and seeing people act all the time. So I think that's really helped him, you know, make this career. And he was on, I think it was WWE. I don't think he was on the other one. 
he was on WWE forever. I mean, he was huge. He was huge. He was one of their biggest freaking wrestlers. And that's what allowed him to break into the full on movies as everybody saw his acting chaps, chops, chops, chops in the WWE. And so then people were like, well, here's this dude that's just cut that does not look like a normal person, much like Arnold Schwarzenegger and everyone else. He looks like a super giant, larger than life action hero. Let's see if we can make him one. Let's give him a chance. That's what I think happened. Yeah, yeah, that's tr- I, I think you're right. Oh, and I almost forgot about Moana. He was in Moana. I mean, he was a voice uh, character, but his character that they drew was very similar to how The Rock actually looks. And so- voice acting isn't that easy either. And then to, to spin off a little bit, not too much, but I think they're also doing that kind of with uh, John Cena, too. Because John Cena's up and coming in the acting world. I think he's still kind of raw. He needs a little work, but... I like how he's going after like comedic roles. I think that's just awesome. Yeah, he's done a couple serious things, but yeah, yeah, I think he is trying to break in. I mean, when you see uh, Dwayne Johnson do it, he's like, "Man, let me let me at it. Let me see if I can get this going." Well, and is it John Cena doing it, or is it Hollywood going to John Cena? That's the question. Well, I think some of it might even be WWE. Uh, productions, so it might be part of the. Oh wrestling. yeah, it yeah. could be part of like his wrestling contract. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even think of that. Good point, Mike. Yeah, I I think some of the movies I watched one of those movies and it was kind of like a, I think his girlfriend got kidnapped or something and he was like a agent guy and it was like I mean there was nothing new about it but it was it was entertaining it was okay. What about skyscraper? Was it entertaining? Um, I, yeah, I guess. Uh, everything's super predictable. Uh, there's really nothing exciting. I actually wonder if this movie was made for China and they just released it here. Hmm. That's a possibility. I personally didn't find it that entertaining. I found it actually quite boring. Now, I, I typically never, ever, ever do this because as... Others know, if you listen to my nice half-hour-long rant from the Tuesday podcast of this week, I I really hate some of the interactions people do in the movie theater when they're supposed to be sitting there enjoying a movie. But this one, there was no one around me. There literally was no one in my row. There was only three other people in the entire theater, and they literally sat in the front row. And I don't know why, but they chose to sit there. Of course, that... Gets me off on the peak pricing thing, too. But anyways, um, I kept checking my phone to see when the hell this movie was going to be over because I was just bored. Oh, man. I I was bored. I kept kept checking. I kept checking the time. I was like, is this over yet? And I never do that. I hate to do that. I don't want to be that guy. But I was that guy during this movie. I just found it boring. Yeah, when I saw it, um, it was kind of weird. So I saw it early. Uh, I, I usually tend to go in the morning when there's not very many people there uh, to the theater. And uh, it was packed. I had to sit in the front. And I was like, what? Why is it packed? It was very strange. Um, so I had to sit at the front and kind of squint my eyes. But at least the theater I was attending, uh, which was a Cinemark, has uh, reclining chairs. And that's nice. Was it all Chinese tourists? 
No, I don't oh. think so. I wasn't. Uh, I kind of got to the movie like late, so I only had. Uh, I only saw one trailer, and then uh, then it started. Uh, there's in my uh, local theaters. There's uh, 20 minutes of uh, trailers or previews uh, prior to the movie starting. Yeah, we average uh, uh, much like Intercourse, Pennsylvania. We average uh, 15 minutes. Typically here, I've been timing it recently, just curious to see how late I can run to a movie and still not miss the start. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've definitely pushed it uh, these last few weeks sometimes because sometimes I underestimate uh, some traffic and uh, sometimes I need to get some food real quick. So are you sneaking in like Taco Bell tacos? Uh, yes, I do sneak in Taco Bell, but it's not tacos. It's usually like a grilled stuffed burrito and a uh, quesadilla. Chicken quesadilla. Those are nice. Dude, they are. Those are pretty bomb. So, beside it being just really freaking boring, I I thought the I thought the CG was good. I thought the story was way too predictable for sure. Um I liked the intro. I thought he was going to be like a uh war veteran. Not a uh, FBI agent that got blew up, blown up by a suicide bomber. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I know this might come off a little controversial, a little pig-headed-ish, or whatever you want to say. But I think that him having uh, an appendage being blown off, missing—he's missing his leg, and he has a—he's an amputee. He has a, a false leg in this, just one. But I think that was just all kind of like a gimmick. I. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, Do you I, think I th- they were they were going after the uh, the veteran market? I mean, this sounds awful. I uh. I don't think they would. I don't think they're that shallow. I at least I would hope not that they're that shallow. I think they had that one stunt, and you know which stunt I'm talking about. Towards the end of the film, I don't know if you want me to spoil it or not, but it's towards the end of the film that his amputated, uh, not his amputated, but his false leg is a major, major factor in that one particular stunt. And I think that's the yeah, whole his, reason his why they did prosthetic it. man. Prosthetic. His, yeah. His prosthetic leg is, you know, a major factor in that one stunt. And I think that was the only reason why they did it is because they wanted to have that stunt done that way, which was just cheesy anyways, to begin with. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, this, this movie was just meh. Like it's not, I don't know. We're 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 a little too early to uh, to to say what we recommend, but uh, I don't I don't think I would tell anybody to go watch this in the theater. Well, I see now. I I might change and swing a little bit on you on that. I I don't say that people should go see it in the theaters, but those of you who are the blockbuster popcorn kind of people. You probably would get a kick out of this movie just on the visuals and the action and things like that. If you go in there expecting a decent story, you're sorely mistaken. The acting was good. I enjoyed the acting, but the story was no. Nah. Yeah, it was. It was. I was hoping there would be a little bit more because, like, I hadn't seen Nev Campbell in anything in a long time, and then, man, talk about her. She looked good too. She looked real good. She's just. In it, I mean, she has some lines and she has a, a role in it, but it, it, not much. Like she's not really doing too much in it. 
Well, that kind of seemed like just like almost the whole movie was like that. Yeah, because even the bad guys don't even have a lot of light. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of a strange movie. The bad guys I had no interest in. They had no backstory. They had nothing fascinating about them whatsoever. They didn't have really any controversy, any vendettas, nothing. It was just kind of odd. The the probably the most interesting character other than the rocks character is the uh, billionaire uh, uh, Chinese guy that is the one that built the building. He probably is the only other one that has a somewhat interesting story. And that's including the Rock's uh, acting family. You know, they tried to build that and make you feel sorry for the family or feel something for the families, you know, the end shows and things like that. But I just, it wasn't there. I didn't feel a thing. But uh, the billionaire, that's different. I thought he was, you know, I felt, I felt sorry for him watching his, dream burn up you know yeah they 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 actually told you more there was a little bit more of a a backstory and story for the billionaire than really anyone else besides the the rocks character so there's only about two characters in this movie that are somewhat given some kind of backstory and then everything else is just kind of thrown into the the screen and you just gotta hit i believe button yeah, that's a good way to put it, because there was a lot of shit that I did not believe. A lot of the stunts, a lot of the the gags. That was the other thing. They There was some really, really forced humor in here, and it just didn't work. It fell flat, at least for me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Matt. So uh, you only had, what, three three people in the theater completely? And, and what was your uh, surge pricing? If I consider myself, there were four. But I went and saw this on Sunday after we we recorded our first podcast of the week at the 8.30 p.m. showing. It was monsoons this week in Prescott. It's been vicious monsoons, especially on Sunday. So you'd think people would be at the movie theater. So I was like, oh, it's surge pricing. Thanks, Movie Pass. Love you, too. Well, well Matt, explain uh, monsoons to people that might not understand what they are. So Arizona, for those of you who are not from Arizona, Arizona has a little thing called the monsoons. Uh, I think actually most of the Southwest, but it's it's an mostly known for Arizona. And basically we get our entire year's worth of rain in like a couple weeks. And it just dumped. Uh, it was probably one of the craziest storms I've seen since I've moved to Prescott. I I don't know if it was the craziest, but it's definitely top three. And we got something like three inches in a matter of hours here, which for Arizona, where we have no um, flood control, no water control, no, uh, uh, what do you call it, Mike? Oh, retention ponds and, and yeah. other other things, uh, drainage. Drainage, uh, yeah. There, there's no planning for drainage whatsoever in Arizona. So when you get that much water in that amount of time, we get flooding. Lots yeah, and lots storm, of storm drains, all that stuff. Well, we don't even have those for the most part. Maybe Phoenix does, but we don't. And so you just get lots and lots of rain all at once. So what people typically do is they go to the movie theater or they do stuff inside. The movie theater will be packed on a on a rainy monsoon day because seriously, there's nothing else you can really do. And so I walked in, you know, expecting it to be fairly full, you know, at least half or whatever, because they put on the surge pricing and to be able to do the podcast, you know, I was like, all right, Mike, I'll pay it. I'll pay my $2.50 to see this movie on top of my monthly movie pass 
you know, pay. And I walk in and there literally is three people in the theater and they are sitting on the front row. I made the fourth. I sat in the back row. That was it. So the wonderful peak surge pricing. I'm not sure how they're figuring that out. I'm guessing they're just going based on, oh, it's a new movie and open this weekend. We're going to make some money. So I think I think they should lose use some logarithms or how many people checked in or whatever. It just, it bothered me. Yeah. I think they're going to, they're going to use the, uh, the first weekend of every, every movie is going to have some kind of price associated with it. Now the price might change, uh, depending on how many other people are, are trying to use it for that. But I think there'll always be a price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it's still cheaper than buying a whole movie ticket outright, I guess. You know, and I mean, you would know, Mike, you uh, you are the movie pass expert here. Uh, yes, I did have movie pass for about three years prior to it became, being uh, $9 or $9.99, right? That's yeah, the- it's like $10 a month, something. Yeah, I had it when it was, uh, it was $20 when I first got it, and then it went up to $25. And I was like, well, as long as I still go watch a movie, you know, every weekend. And then they started to do all these things that um, are you're starting to see, but they did it like a lot slower for me. Yeah, and I wonder if the reason why they're rolling it out so fast is just purely because of how many people are signed up for MoviePass nationwide. But if they start rolling it out too fast, some of these changes, people are just going to leave. I mean, I I won't lie. I talked about it on Tuesday. If uh, we had an AMC here in Prescott and I could do that, um, what do they call it? A plus AMC plus or a list. They call A-list. it AMC A-list. A-list is what they call it. Yeah. It's part of their stubs program. Yeah. I would jump. I would jump on that because I think it's a much better deal. And I honestly, I don't see more than two or three movies a week tops uh, in the theater at home. That's another story. When I watch TV at home, I typically am watching a movie. I usually, it might be a show every now and then, but for the most part, I'm usually watching a movie. Yeah, I, I watch tons and tons of movies um, when, I'm at, when I'm at home. I guess we should probably change the name of our podcast from Real Film Nerds to Film Addicts Anonymous. There we go. FAA. Woo! <laughs> I think that's taken. Damn it. You mean the farm, the farmers administration, something, something? Yeah, yeah, that's got to be it. Farmers, something. That's it. Farmers, something. Farmers Anonymous? Wait, no. What is uh, farmers only? That's farmers only dot com. I was thinking about signing up for that, but no one would believe I'm a farmer in Prescott. You you could farm old people. Hey, if I lived in Chino, I could farm marijuana. <laughs> oh, all right. That would work. Dude, we got some giant ass grow houses here. Giant. I've been in them too. Woo wee. Nice. Nice. They they are stinky. All right, Mike. So uh to get back on topic, because I know you want me to ask you this, Mike, how does Die Hard remake but horrible movie Skyscraper? relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Well, Matt, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I love that. Chan Han is uh, an actor, and he played uh, Zhao Long Ji, uh, which was the billionaire in Skyscraper. Yeah, that's the billionaire that character that I really liked, and I think you really liked and stuff. That actually was an interesting character. Yeah, he also uh, was an actor in Captain America Winter Soldier. He was uh, Councilman Yen. All right. All right. Nice. Nice. That's a pretty good tie in there, Mike. I, I figured you were going to go with like a hairstylist or a, a boom mic operator or maybe a gaffer. Well, I was originally looking at an art director, but uh, you actually pointed out to me that uh, th- this character, and then I looked into it and I was like, oh, because uh, I don't always check every single actor's uh, history because it's quite a few actors often. And uh, take some time. and uh, But anyway, we found a good one. Once again, our podcast is brought to you by IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, where Mike finds out how all the actors relate to our the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, and I wanted to bring up one other thing. Okay. So this week marks the 30th anniversary of the release of Die Hard. 1988, July 20th was when it went, uh, it was released. So, uh, dude, there is no way that is a coincidence. They had to have released this just because of that. They had to have. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. But I love Die Hard. Uh, I've always loved Die Hard. In fact, uh, I think I can actually remember the first time I saw it. We are on vacation somewhere. I don't remember where we were. And uh, we Court had, I, I don't know, but we had a uh, HBO uh, at our hotel. You know how that's still, I think that's still a pretty common thing where you have HBO when you go to the hotels or motels. Yeah, yeah from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. actually have a couple here that still have it on their sign. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we were there in, in, uh, we're flipping the channels and we got on HBO and they're showing this movie Die Hard. And so, so me and, and, and my dad were watching it. And my mom's like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's some action movie with Bruce Willis. And that was the first time I saw <laughs> I saw Die Hard. And I was like, oh, I like this movie a lot. And uh, then and then Bruce Willis yells out, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. And your mom loses it, right? Uh, I mean, I think there were some parts they would prefer that I wouldn't have seen. Because I think I was still fairly young. So this is probably... This is probably around 1989 or 90. It's whenever it would have hit HBO before it got released on videotape. Now, I know I know all the, the timelines are different than they... Like, everything's faster now than it was, so I don't know what it was like then. So, po- quite possibly, this could have been your... Die Hard could have been your first uh, rated R movie, huh? Oh, man. Maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. And, uh... Uh, also, I guess uh, Bruce Willis got uh, roasted uh, at a Comedy Central roast uh, this this last weekend, or they aired it this last weekend. It probably wasn't actually this last weekend. And he stated in after he'd been roasted by a bunch of people that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, and I disagree. Yeah, that's bullshit. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. For those of us that love action movies, it is the closest thing we get to a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's that's a great Christmas movie. 
It takes place during the, the holiday season. They play like two Christmas songs, one in the beginning, one at the very end. And that's great. That's all you need. Yep. Dude, well, and, you know, all the different things that happen, you know, that says it's a Christmas movie. Uh, yep, it is rated R. I just looked it up. Ha! So it could have been your first rated R movie, Mike. Yeah, it could be. I I did watch this movie when I was really young with my parents, but they made me close my eyes. <laughs> I remember those days. And it was <laughs> it was uh, Witness uh, with uh, Harrison Ford in it. Uh, and uh, we watched it on Betamax, Matt. Betamax. So you're one of the few of the Betamax people, huh? No, I didn't have it. My grandfather had Betamax. Oh, okay. He, he bet wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. All right. So, Mike, anything else you want to add about uh, Die Hard before we uh, get to our ratings of Skyscraper? Uh, no, no, I'm just, we're huge Die Hard fans and, uh, look forward to having a Die Hard, um, legacy cast probably around the Christmas season. I'm thinking we should do it just specifically for Christmas, just in spite of Bruce Willis. I don't even care if Christmas this year doesn't fall on a Tuesday or a Thursday. I think we should just put Die Hard out on Christmas just for the hell of it. Here, let me look, let me pull up the calendar and we'll see. Uh, Christmas is on a Tuesday. Oh, all right. Well done. Done. I need to, we need to, I'm going to put that on my freaking Google calendar that we're going to do Die Hard for, uh, Christmas. All right. And then, oh, speaking of legacy casts. Oh, before we get in our ratings, we need to, we need to tease this one, buddy. Cause I know you're excited about this one. Yeah. I was, I was about to bring it up. Yeah. Oh, well, you want to go ahead well, go for it. No, well, well, let's do the ratings and then we'll talk okay, about it. Okay, okay, okay. We'll do that. We'll close out. We'll close out with our upcoming podcast for next week because I know you're excited. Very Super excited. excited. All right, so I'll just go ahead and go first. Screw it. I, I thought Skyscraper was nothing special. I thought it was boring. If you're a giant popcorn flick fan and you don't really give a shit about context or story, you don't, you know, it's decent acting. I'd say uh, go see it. Other than that, skip it. I-, I give it a two and a half out of five reels. I-, I thought it was not a good movie at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'd give it two reels out of five. It's it's not good. It's like it. It seems like there was some pieces that could have made it better, and they could have done a little bit more de- character development for a few things. It might have made it a little bit better, but overall. It's just not that great of a movie. I mean, there's some action. And like you said, it's it's a popcorn. It's a popcorn movie if you really, really need to see a movie and there's nothing else to go watch. You could watch this. Yeah, if you're addicts like Mike and I, go watch it and you have Movie Pass or the AMC uh, A Plus or whatever. A list. And then uh, Cinemark has something called Movie Club, I think is what it's called. Let me let me double check on that. Well, that makes more sense. I mean, Movie Club, they, you know, movie, you know, Movie Pass makes sense. What's the other one? Uh, Cinema, but they spell it with like a S. That kind of makes sense, but that's not a very good deal. So I don't really recommend that one. Yeah, and then there's something with this Adam Tickets, and I'm not sure what that one's about, where they sometimes give you free stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's a big marketing thing, so I'm scared of it. 
Yeah, it sounds like bullshit to me. Sounds like they're just selling your information, probably. Yeah, uh, Cinemark Movie Club is the official name of uh, the Cinemark program. And it's uh, $8.99 a month. And it includes one movie and like 20% uh, discounts on concessions. So basically, if you eat a lot of concessions, then you get that. Yeah, yeah. Because your eight ninety nine a month is about what it costs to go see a movie. And they only give you one. So Yeah, they only give you one, and it's not premium format. The uh, AMC A-list, at least right now, it's, it's not restricted. You can see three movies a week, and they can be IMAX, they can be Dolby, whatever, whatever kinds of theaters that AMC has. So sometimes they have IMAXs. I know the one in my area has uh, some kind of new Dolby thing. I don't even know what it's called. Dolby something. Dolby costs a lot. That's what it. That's what it's called. Dolby, this costs a lot ticket. Dolby, we want your money ticket. Yeah, like you thought IMAX was expensive. This is Dolby expensive. Wow. So I, th- I think it's like 18 bucks a, a, a show at night. I still think the AMC is probably your best bet. The A list, I think that's your best bet if you do want to get in on this uh, unlimited kind of movie watching. Right now, as it stands, I wouldn't recommend uh, Movie Pass at all. I just wouldn't, because every other week they're doing something. They're just fucking with us. Yeah, well, I think the uh, AMC one is just going to be this generous thing until Movie Pass goes away, and then they're going to jack it. That's a possibility too, because I mean they like money. That's why they created AMC. Yep, they definitely like money. But before I forget, we need to tease this this, uh, this upcoming legacy cast, Matt. Well, yeah, I, I was just going to lead into that. I mean, you were the one that got off on the tangent of talking about the uh, unlimited movie stuff, which is fine because uh, I know you don't participate anymore, but I do. So, And I'm sure some of our listeners might tar- participate or are intrigued and would like to know. And yeah. so we'll just consider that part of our news segment on this one. So, uh, Mike, since uh, we're wrapping up here, let's go ahead and start teasing our upcoming podcast for next week. Uh, Right now, I'm thinking we're probably going to go see the Equalizer or, I mean, Equalizer 2, or I still am toying with that uh, um, Ethan Hawke film. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Supposed to be really, really good. Remember the one about the priest? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spacing um, on the name what, now. What, what is the name? Um, if I touch my keyboard, everybody's gonna hear it. So, all right, stand by, stand by. I you do, do it. it. You got a, you got a quiet keyboard. It is called. I think it's like something first with an reformed. Arm? Yeah, there first you go. Reformed. It's a uh, in. It's pretty limited release. Like a, a theater there has it, but uh, I don't have it at all in. In uh, my area. Yeah, our Harkins, Harkins 14 in Prescott Valley has it. So I, I kind of want to go see it before it goes away because I'm sure it probably will. Now, if you get it, like, you know, what they were, what were they saying the wider release is going to be Tuesday? Yeah, they were saying the wider release is, is coming soon to my area. Yeah, and see, so that, that could be a good solution because to go see that movie, I'm going to have to go pay at Harkins anyways. And then we could do the Equalizer 2, because then I'm sure it won't have peak pricing. 
Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to be as cheap as I can. I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah, yeah we got to game the system, so. All right, so so that Thursday, Mike, I know you're excited to talk about this. What are we going to do for our leg- legacy cast a week from today? It's not quite my favorite movie, but one of my favorite movies. Uh, we are going to be talking about the original summer blockbuster, Jaws. Now, why are we talking about Jaws today or a week from today, Michael? Well, um, Shark Week is uh, starting up on this coming Sunday. Uh, what day is that? The uh, 22nd. 20... 22nd. Uh, 22nd. And in honor of its 30 years uh, for Shark Week this year. Whoa. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to be talking about Jaws, uh, the movie that I, I love. The only thing I don't love about Jaws was how it made everybody scared about sharks. Uh, and going I, in the water. I still think that people are extremely scared from this movie and it's, uh, that's depressing. But, uh, other than that, I love the movie. It's so well done. And Steven Spielberg was a genius uh, for doing this. And he, he was so young when he did this movie. This was like his big chance. And he just nailed it. I think this is the first movie... Yeah, I think this is the first movie he worked with John Williams. And, well, we know how all that's gone. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. John Williams is the man. God, this is going to be a fun one. Yep. And, and well, and you know what? how this started is... Uh, I. I brought this up to Mike because there's a huge physically and metaphorically <laughs> shark movie coming out this summer called The Meg. And I know Mike is for sure going to want to see it. And Mike and I were talking about it. I was like, well, why don't we just do a legacy cast of Jaws right before The Meg comes? And he's like, nah, Shark Week's next week. Let's do it for Shark Week. And I think that's a great idea, sir. Wonderful idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we'll we'll definitely talk about the Meg. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Deep Blue Sea. It might be terrible, but it might be something that is fun. Terrible, uh, like Deep Blue Sea. Uh, dude, if you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea, that's a great, awful movie. Yeah, if that, if that makes sense. Samuel Jackson's the man in that movie. Yes, gotta love good old Sammy. All right, Mike. So, you got anything else you want to add this week? Uh, no, no. I, I think, I think we covered everything. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to the Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.